C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash Radio. Our guest today is Alex Hong, founder of Quilthera. Alex joins us to discuss the new science that is revealing how incredibly smart and adaptable bacteria is. The rapid immune response of living plant cells has shown a strategy for stopping the attack of harmful bacteria without causing collateral damage to beneficial microflora. It is a pleasure to welcome our guest Alex to the program. Alex, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Nancy. It's a real pleasure. Well, we're just so glad you're here, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And Alex, would you like to take a moment and share your background with our listeners today? Well, let's see. I, uh, in this space, I'm probably not typical uh, in coming out of the pharma space. We're doing drug development, but I'm actually an engineer. Uh, my background is actually mechanical and engineering and uh, electrical engineering at Stanford and um but but very early on in my career uh i went straight into uh the medical field uh developing cytometry i was really i was really very fortunate to work with uh some really groundbreaking technologies uh at beckton dickinson uh where they were using cell uh cell sorting and such to develop really a good understanding of, of things like the AIDS virus and uh, um, monoclonal antibodies. From there, uh, I spent a couple of years working on, on a cytometer and then went off to work for a guy named Steve Jobs uh, in the computer industry for a while. After that, I went into a consulting business that I started, and uh, we were developing medical devices for quite some time and uh, did about 20 or so different medical devices in uh, non-invasive surgery, catheters, uh, uh, cancer therapies and such, uh, before going off with one of my clients and uh, starting a urology company. Uh, in that urology company, uh, we were constantly running into infection problems. And that really kind of got us started on in, in this direction. So I started, uh, after I left that, we, went, we started with a, one of my friends. We started uh, to uh, a company that uh, we called Liveleaf. And we were looking at plants and how they uh, were dealing with infection. We thought we needed a new way that was going to be less toxic and uh, more compatible and perhaps won't generate the resistance that uh, we're seeing with antibiotics these days. So that, 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 be, that was kind of the circular journey that we had back to uh, life sciences. 
Okay, well, we thank you for explaining and sharing all that, Alex. And Alex, Alex Quelfera is working on an entirely new class of anti-infective that you believe can replace many common antibiotic uses. It sounds really innovative. Um, would you mind taking a moment and explain your approach and how it differs from other antimicrobial concepts? Well, our goal is to give physicians an entirely new way to deal with infectious disease. As everybody knows, the world is facing a real crisis as antibiotic-resistant bacteria are really starting to emerge at an increasingly rapid pace. And antibiotics, more antibiotics really aren't the solution. Antibiotics could become ineffective in our lifetimes, and, uh, you know, we need something different. So most anti-infective drugs right now are some very specific biologic they attack some very specific biologic process in either the bacteria or the host. Antibiotics try to kill the bacteria, and the result of that is they leave resistant survivors. So a different approach uh, would be to attack the mechanisms by which, they, uh, which are, by which the bacteria can infect. So that's what we're doing at Quelthera. We're going into clinical trials with a, a new class of and infective that mimics the way the plant kingdoms, the plant kingdom blocks the ability of bacteria to infect. And we call this new drug Epiquel, and it's, it's actually a pro-drug that is activated by the enzymes of infected and inflamed tissue in the body's mucosal interfaces. And it leaves healthy tissue and the rest of the microbiome alone. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's really great. And you know, Alex, before we go any um, further getting into Quelthera and the technology, you're an engineer from Stanford. Um, I'm so curious, how, how did you get interested in the human gut microbiome and, and how did you come to eventually start the biotech company? Well, a lot of this, like I mentioned previously, the, uh, we had looked at different ways of stopping infection in catheters and such. I also had been doing a lot of traveling, and we saw in a lot of poor countries that water was a big problem. Waterborne disease, things like diarrhea were still a major killer of children throughout the world. Um, But we also saw in some of my travels that some of the local, uh, local indigenous people had a lot of different medicines that they would use to stop infection, stop diarrhea and things. So, so we started investigating some of that. And I remember uh, my mother actually was asking me if I could get some of this, this stuff in, down in Mexico. And I would go and I would talk to some of the local healers and I said, can I bring some of this home? And they said, no, you can't. You can't bring this home. Uh, you have, I can make it for you right now. I said, well, just make some big batch for me and I'll, I'll bring it home. They said, no, it only lasts a little while. I said, hmm. So, so what's, what, what's the problem here? So I talked to my partner um, and said, you know, I think we can solve this problem. There, there must be something here. There, there's always something that if something has an effect and then goes away, there, there's something happening. This is probably something enzymatic. So let's, let's try to solve this problem. But then we had to get these plants. And so next thing you know, I'm out in the, uh, out in the middle of the desert with machete, with a machete and ice tongs, cutting down cactuses and bringing them back and, and, uh, processing them up and chopping them up and, you know, learning the traditional ways first. 
and uh, talking to uh, talking to various people as to how you how you process these to make it uh, the traditional way, and then kind of trying to envision how I might actually convert this into a an actual medicine that makes sense for uh, you know modern pharmaceutical. Interesting. It's just amazing how you started there. And Alex, in the biotech company, um, just for curious, are, are there any others working with you? Any partners? Oh yeah, my my partner, as mentioned, Gene Mu. He was the he was the guy on the other end of the phone with me when I was out in the desert um, <laughs> with aerial photographs, giving me GPS coordinates as to where I could find the plants. Uh, he is a he is a brilliant, creative uh, microbiologist. Uh, Veterinary medicine, veterinary uh, medicine, and uh, and and uh, molecular biologist. So he definitely falls in the category wow. of mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He definitely has a lot of going there for him, and a lot of help. And your technology, Alex, your it mimics how living plants defend themselves. Um, can you explain to us how this works with plants and in plants? Yeah, this is this is. It took us a very long time to figure what what's actually going on. We had no idea when we first started. We just knew that it was something that was was available in cactus and aloe and such, and it was fairly strongly antimicrobial. Uh, but it only lasts a little while. So again, we kind of figured out that it was probably something enzymatic. Um, eventually, we found out that it was a it was a something that is known as hypersensitive response. And it's the basic immune chemistry of plants. It's the first response. So when plants, plant cells, living plant cells, sense a, a unknown foreign protein, a toxin, uh, which is usually associated with some bacterial attack, they essentially signal to its surrounding cells to commit suicide. This, this is that hypersensitive response. So all the cells immediately break down their internal partitions just surrounding this, this, this attack. And this causes the polyphenols that they make in the plants. And you hear about polyphenols all times being antioxidants, but that's not actually what they're doing in the plants here. They're, they have a very specific set of functions. But anyway, they, um, as they, they, the, inter, the, the intercellular partitions break down, they mix and they mix with oxygen components, oxygen radicals in the plant cells. And they form a very, very active, very, very reactive compound called a quinone that immediately binds to all kinds of biomolecules. They'll bind to the proteins, they'll bind to uh, the bacteria, they'll bind to peptides and the signals. So the first thing it does is it, it forms sort of an impenetrable barrier around the potential infection site. So it seals off the area. The next thing it does is it, it, it uh, blocks, it binds to all of these proteins, the active proteins, the functional proteins on the bacteria that the, that the bacteria rely on to come in contact, to touch, and to figure out that they are actually in a good place to start reproducing, uh, start you know, creating toxins and such. And it also, we've also found more recently that it actually binds to uh, what they call the quorum sensing, uh, quorum sensing uh, signals. These are, these are small molecules that the bacteria send out to communicate 
with other bacteria. So if you actually, bacteria are really smart. I mean, they, if you, we used to think that they're just these bags and, you know, they just reproduce and they, they made toxins. Well, they actually only make toxins when the conditions are right. And they have a lot of sensory capabilities. And if we're able to block those sensory capabilities, the bacteria are unable to sense that the environment around them is ideal for them to thrive and to attack. They're unable to sense if they have enough of their friends, if they have enough of their numbers to attack in a, in a localized manner and overcome whatever it is the host, the target's immune system. In this case, you know, it's the plant's immune systems. And what we're taking advantage of is the ability then to block their ability to understand whether they can overcome the human immune system. So essentially, you blinded these bacteria and they become passive. So instead of trying to kill the bacteria, we just pacify them and we block their ability to attack. Okay. Well, Alex, I'm going to ask you to pause right there. We're going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, Alex will be discussing pacifying the pathogen. If plants can do it, so can we. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Alex Hahn, founder of Quelthera. Welcome back to the program, Alex. Hi, Nancy. Back. <laughs> okay. Alex, before the commercial break... Uh, you were discussing your journey, and what were your biggest challenges and aha moments and your largest goals met so far? Well, one of the biggest challenges is that we were, we were looking at something. Whenever you're looking at something that's completely different than the normal paradigm, and the, the, the basic paradigm that's existed for decades has been antibiotics, you know, kill the bacteria, bacteria bad, kill them. Um, 
when you start to realize that we're going to make peace with them, uh, this, people start looking at you very strangely. You know, we were talking about the microbiome 10 years ago. Uh, we were talking about quorum sensing and, and blocking the ability of the bacteria to express toxins. And that was all very, very new. In fact, it was somewhat speculative at the time. And, and everybody thought we were a little bit nuts. Today, it's, it's very mainstream. Um, the other big challenge was that the FDA uh, didn't have a path for us because we were, were working with plants. And the rules were very, very difficult uh, in that you had to be able to identify an exact chemistry, exactly every component in, the, in what you were doing and, and how it would contribute uh, to a specific killing or stopping a specific disease. So it was a difficult path. So we went through the botanical uh, supplement realm in order to start evaluating the product and creating some products. We made some uh, commercial products uh, for humans to stop diarrhea. We made uh, products in the animal space to replace antibiotics. And again, since they were natural, they were made from food, we were able to get into the livestock industry and create a, a, a spinoff company there. Um, the the big aha moments, I think two really stand out, and uh, uh, one of them was when we were still struggling to find out what was going on, what was happening. As I, I had been working with some of these plants, and, uh, you know, by hand, cutting them up, and um, I, I, you know, we were, I was driving along afterwards with my, my wife, and I remember putting my hand on her leg, and uh, an hour or two later, she had a perfect tanned handprint on her leg. I said, ah, you know, this is, this led to a whole series of, of conjectures and you know, led us down the path that made some sense there. The other thing was we, we'd almost given up a couple of times when we had given a product to some pig farmers to put into their water and we didn't hear from them for many, many months. And they called us once later and said, you know, that product worked great. In fact, it worked so well that when my family got a case of diarrhea, we gave it to them, and boy, it stopped it right away. At that point, we really knew we had something. That was kind of a real aha moment for us. Amazing. That's really great news, and, and that's one way to discover that it was working, correct? All by accident. <laughs> yeah, it, that's, that's the best way sometimes. And Alex, it sounds like what Quilthera has is quite different than current medications and drugs. Can you elaborate on some key differences? Well, I think the, the, one of the biggest differences is we are going after something that is, again, non-antibiotics. It's a non-biocidal approach. And it's by nature very broad spectrum. And it is something that is derived from food. It's something that's fundamentally compatible with the way animals and humans evolved because it's something that we have evolved eating. It's part of our evolutionary diet. When we eat these plants, we break down their cells and we release a little bit of this into our digestive tracts. And um, it, it works in harmony with our immune systems. Okay. And Alex, um, is, is this patented technology that you have? Yes, we have uh, 
whole lot of patents, uh, U.S. and uh, your and uh, international patents. Uh, it's a lot of people ask whether it's just another natural product, uh, and it's not because we've actually had to do quite a lot to 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 make it work. And and uh, it, it, you can't just take it from from the, the plants and extract it. And that, that's really the, the key here that we've been able to patent. Okay. And what kind of symptoms, illnesses can be, can it be effective with? We started most of our research in microbiology, seeing if we could stop and, and, you know, and stop the growth of, of uh, germs and things in water. But what we found again, as I mentioned, uh, is it was very, very effective against diarrhea. So, uh, our early work was against diarrhea. We, in fact, we did a lot of work in, in the developing world, developing something we called life drops uh, to stop childhood diarrhea. Um, we also then found that it had a very strong anti-inflammatory effect, which surprised us. Um, we also, we've, we've seen that uh, it has a kind of an anti-nausea effect. So we have some effects on the central nervous system. So there, there, these are a lot of the primary symptoms that you would have. Inflammation, you'd have, uh, you'd have, uh, you'd also have damage to tissue. And we found that we could actually seal up uh, uh, wounded and damaged mucosal tissue. So there's a lot of these different things that antibiotics don't do that we're, we seem to give us clues as to how we are actually functioning. What are we doing? We're doing all these other things that are not killing bacteria. Okay. And Alex, do you, um, do you think that your technology will be able to address emerging superbugs? Um, and will it make it less likely to promote resistance uh, than the antibiotics are? Yeah, because, again, superbugs, they're only superbugs because they're resistant to antibiotics. That's what we, we basically call them. Uh, then there's there's four basic mechanisms by which they are are they can resist antibiotics. Now we don't function anything like an antibiotics. That's the whole point. We use completely different mechanisms, so they can be as resistant as they want to be antibiotics. Um, and we, basically, we're we're not going to be affected by that. And we've seen that in a lot of the experiments that we've done, uh, both in people and animals and in in uh, in the laboratory. Uh, we seem to have a very, effect, uh, very even effect across the board, whether they're gram-negative or gram-positive bacteria. Uh, and again, we've shown that we can stop the bacteria from making their, their virulence factors, their toxins, their biofilms. And we've also shown that uh, after, you know, if, we, if you do it in the lab, generation after generation after generation, you take the survivors in, after you add a... Uh, antibiotic, for instance, that uh, we've been comparing against at our compound, we find that the antibiotics start to generate significant resistance. And uh, in, in one test we were doing, we saw the antibiotic generated 80-fold resistance in 21 days, and we had, res- we had developed, uh, our compound had developed none. So we're very optimistic that we can address, uh, you know, a significant uh, aspect of these of these superbugs. Now, the key here is to get. It, it, we're not trying to eliminate antibiotics. Or anyway, we're trying to save antibiotics. Uh, and, and the only way you're going to do that is by stopping their unnecessary use or reducing their use, so that the the the, the bacteria aren't going to keep developing further resistance. And 
other literature has shown that when you stop uh, introducing antibiotics into the environment of the bacteria, eventually they do, uh, for the most part, start to lose their, their resistance. Okay. And Alex, how does your technology distinguish the difference between pathogens and the good bacteria in our body's microbiomes? Well, that's a complex question. The uh, <laughs> one of <laughs> one, one of the things that I like to say is pathogens are, are like they're like wolves. They tend to be opportunistic. They're they're hunters, and uh, and whereas the normal bacteria, the, I'll call them the the beneficial bacteria in the microbiome, are are like the sheep. Now the sheep will you can blindfold them, and they'll just sit there and graze, and they'll happily do their thing and reproduce and, and whatnot. But if you have a predator there, they rely on a lot of other senses. They need sharp sight, hearing, etc. If you If you block those senses, they really aren't going to do much. They, they can't attack. They're, they're going to be passive and uh, eventually they just might just go away because they really they can't do uh, what pathogens need to do. Um, we are blocking a number of different pathways. We, we block their ability to sense. We block their ability to come in contact with. Uh, we come in their ability to uh, uptake nutrients. Uh, basically, what we've done is we, we block these, these protein interactions, functional protein interactions and peptide interactions. And... The, this, is, this all starts from uh, providing what the plants, you know, the, the, the key components of the plants. They have these polyphenols and they have these oxygen compounds and we put them together in a, in a very stable complex. It's a prodrug. So what that means is it's not active. It's, it's very passive. It can go pass through the gut and um, it's not going to react with anything until it finds the right enzymes. Normally, these enzymes you find in the plants. Turns out that these enzymes are made by the human body as well. They're also made by a lot of bacteria. So where there's a big concentration of these enzymes, you're going to get this, this, this conversion into these quinones. And these, these, these quinones are going to immediately bind to whatever is near them. And they, believe me, in the, in, in the body, there's, there's tons of targets for them. So they're not going to travel very far. They're going to bind to something that is probably right there near where that infection site, just like the plant, and, you know, just sort of forms an uh, inert circle around uh, the, the first target, the, the first point of uh, infection. And you're not going to have much of an effect on the, on the larger microbiome. Now, there's a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of details in this. There's sort of things about charge and we don't need to get into. Um, but... The idea that it's very specifically targeted is is really key. Um, the, so we have these two things: we have the targeting, and we have the fact that uh, the opportunistic pathogens uh, are are just are just different than the the normal commensal bacteria. Okay, and Alex, before we take a commercial break, are there particular diseases that worry you most? Well, one of the, we're we're going after uh, a lot of the GI diseases, and particularly C. diff, which is 
one of, I'm sure is one of your favorites. Um, the other thing that we're we, we're going after is is respiratory diseases, and we're we're just we're still at the early stages of that. The reason is the we're in we're we're working with mucosal tissues, and the, a lot of the same issues that we're facing in dealing with C diff because you have both a infection and you have a very strong inflammatory response due to the toxins. If we can bind these toxins and stop the infection, stop the infection, the active infection, and stop the inflammation, these are the same things that you need to do to approach a lot of respiratory infections. Mm-hmm. So uh, these, these are the two areas we're really focusing on. Okay. Well, Alex, we thank you so much for sharing the information with our global listeners. We're going to pause right now for a commercial break. When we return, Alex will be discussing pacifying the pathogen. If plants can do it, so can we. Stay tuned, and we will be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Alex Hahn, founder of Quelthera. Welcome back to the program, Alex. 
Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome. Alex, What I, I need to ask you, what is it about C. difficile that made you choose it as a first disease indication? Well, C. diff, for one, is a, a real major priority with the CDC. Um, it affects so many people. Uh, it also made a big difference that my mother had it, um, and it was one of the things that contributed to her death uh, just about two years ago. So, um, you know, I, w- I, was, I wasn't actually working on C. diff. We had been working on diarrhea, but obviously, you know, diarrhea is a major symptom of C. diff. Um, we, had, we had just started working with some of the doctors over at uh, Stanford and uh, down in the clinic down in Monterey, and they, they have been having a lot of trouble with C. diff in children. Surprisingly, I thought C. diff was something that affected uh, people, people in, in that, were, that were older. But they're seeing a lot more C. diff now in pediatric patients. And mm-hmm. they had some very difficult patients that weren't responding to the typical antibiotics, the, the metronidazole and the vancomycin. And so they said, well, you know, since you've created a commercial product, uh, we can actually just recommend that to the family and let them see if that works. And, you know, in conjunction with, with, you know, trying again their antibiotics, which again and again and again weren't working. So they did that. And eventually over the span of that two years, um, they were started to see more and more patients that were responding very well to our products. So they said, you know, you really need to go in this direction here. This is something that, that uh, we, I think we really need. Uh, they had a bunch of patients that were uh, also immune compromised. They couldn't take a fecal transplant, which is one of the, uh, one of the, other, ther- uh, one of the other therapies, common therapies for uh, C. diff because they were transplant patients and they, they were taking all these, these drugs that would, that would kill their immune systems. So they were concerned that introducing some new germ into their system could cause other, other problems. Right. So we had a great deal of success there. And um, that, that really is one of the, the, the main impetuses. The, the other thing is obviously we had that data and we had inflammatory data that we'd seen from the animals. And uh, so all of these things came together and said, well, this is, this is the ideal solution for us. This is the ideal target for us, at least to start with. Exactly. And Alex, we're so sorry for your loss. We're sorry to hear about your mother passing with C. diff involvement. We understand how that goes, too. Thanks. You're welcome. Alex, um, the FDA rules that have been made possible, can you tell us about that? Yeah, in... We, the other big factor in us going after C. diff is that the FDA changed their rules very significantly for botanical drugs in 20, right at the end of 2016. This is something we had been waiting for for about five or six years. It had been talked about, but finally it came into, uh, it, it, it was, was fully enacted in December of 2016. So, now we had a path by which we could take our product into a phase two clinical trial where they would accept previous commercial use, uh, previous historic use of the components. Now we use food components that are 
are, are deliberately very, very safe. We use, uh, you know, the components, the polyphenols extracted from pomegranates and things extracted from tea plants. So these are very, very common, readily available, and well-understood polyphenols. And now we had a very clear path to take them into a botanical drug uh, approval. Okay, and excuse me, Alex, um, do you already have any commercial human data on this? We do. We've done a number of clinical studies, again, most of that in the diarrhea space. Um, we have quite a lot of data from our commercial products that, that give a strong indication of safety. We've never had any side effects. Uh, we've, we've had people take it taking the products for literally years uh, and uh, they, we've, we've never had a negative report other than they, they just run out of product and it's a little hard to get sometimes. Okay, so you have the commercial products and how will the drugs be different and can people still try the existing products? The drugs are going to be, I mean, they're, they're going to be processed a little bit differently. We have to be, you know, the drug world requires a little bit more rigor. I mean, we're pretty close already. Um, it'll be a higher concentration, most likely. We may actually put it in uh, like a, a gel cap type of form. But initially, it'll be fairly similar um, in, in our clinical studies. Uh, we... we can, you can still get the products. Uh, we were selling them in Whole Foods, um, and uh, right now Whole Foods is uh, now Amazon, so uh, you can still buy our products in Amazon. It's under our, the, the original company's, uh, the parent company's name, Liveleaf, and it's called Liveleaf Rescue. Um, and there's, there's an, it's pretty readily available on Amazon. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this about the clinical trials Will you, when you get to phase, well, you said you're in phase two, correct? Uh, we're, we're actually raising money to go into phase two right now. Okay. So your gel cap form, they'll be uh, the actual product with a placebo? The product, yeah, we, well, this is something that we're still negotiating with the FDA because the FDA doesn't really think that we should have a placebo because they're concerned mm-hmm. that, you know, a patient that has C. diff, the, you know, you don't want to give them a placebo. So we would probably compare it against a existing antibiotic, the standard of care, which would be a vancomycin. Okay. Okay, that's great. So, and we're in, in the FDA process, and how long will it take for the approval to happen? Do you know? Well, we are at, at the point where we have uh, the green, a green light, a pre-IND response from the FDA that basically says that, uh, you know, given what you have, you just need to finish up the, uh, a few, few little experiments for us and, and uh, give us, uh, put together your dossier, and then you can go into phase two. Uh, what would normally be your phase one, all that data, they accept what we have, and they say we'll do a little bit of a, you know, ancillary tox testing. And you can do that before you, uh, before you get to the point where you call the new drug approval process, uh, the, the NDA, the kind of the, termin- the, the terminal port of the, of the process. So we can go and uh, we, we could probably get started sometime later this year. Okay, that's fantastic news. And, of course, I'm going to ask you about C. diff. 
And will once you're um, in the clinical trial process, will you be enrolling C. diff patients in the clinical study? And will the patients have to be on their first time um, being initially diagnosed with C. diff? We originally thought that we were going to be looking at just refractory, uh, you know, repeated recurrences. But given that metronidazole has now been removed from the recommendations, um, we're probably going to take all comers at this point. Um, we we, we want to get a larger number of patients. We think we can complete this a complete process in less than three years to get to a drug approval, but yeah, you know, one never knows. Exactly. Nobody ever knows. You're right. And so right now what you're saying is it'll be uh, for all C. diff patients, whether they're initial onset diagnose or recurrent CDI? That's currently the thinking, but uh, don't hold me to that. My, my, <laughs> Chief medical officer might slap me. Okay. No, we don't want any violence. That's okay. Okay. So what is in the pipeline after C. diff? We have um, a number of different GI diseases, I will call them that. I mean, one of the, one of okay. the things is the, they're, they're, we've already shown that we're pretty effective against foodborne illnesses. So you have salmonella, you have... Uh, botulisms, you have other things that are related to food poisoning. We, we may do that depending uh, on, you know, the available funds. But I think what we're going to pursue is, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, respiratory side of things. This, this, is, this is something that is a huge need. Uh, if you look in the world, the two things that have the, that, that have the two diseases, the two areas of disease that are going to be the gut, diarrheal diseases, and pneumonial diseases. Um, these these two things are again they're very closely related, and they're they're of greater value, I would say, to the pharmaceutical industry. So, uh, as much as I'd like to go and help things in the developing world, uh, we have to have uh, commercial products and commercial viability that's going to attract investors and uh, you know attract uh, pharma companies. So uh, you know I think that that we've got a pretty good path going right now towards things like uh, uh, we're 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 going to see if we can do general pneumonia. I think we're going to try the uh, uh, let's see. The, there's, there's, there's a, a number of gram-negative bacteria. Let me just back up a little. There's a number of gram-negative mm-hmm. gram negative bacteria that are uh, involved heavily in respiratory diseases. We're going to approach those. I'm not going to commit to any specific one right now because we're still evaluating mm-hmm. which ones we think we can have the most effective, uh, greatest effect on. But disease-wise, I think it's going to be, uh, we may be going after cystic fibrosis and COPD and seeing if we can work if not by itself as a cure, but as something that can work in conjunction, mm-hmm. possibly with some of the other drugs, other antibiotics. I think that one of, one of the things that we can do is we can work with antibiotics to provide that anti-infective, the, the host tissue benefits, um, 
This is a very important aspect of our product that we're still exploring. We're we're very early in on that process. I mean, we know what we're doing in C. diff, but in these other Mm -hmm. areas, we're still exploring. So I'm hesitant to be too committal. No, that's fine. You're, and that's the way to go, and that's great. And Alex, at this time, we're already going to stop for a commercial break. And we are um, speaking with Alex Hahn, who will be back discussing pacifying the pathogen. If plants can't, can do it, so can we. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Alex Hahn, founder of Quilthera, and also our silver sponsor of May 19th's second annual walk in New Jersey, in Florida, and in England. So we thank you so much again for that, Alex, and welcome back to the program. Thanks, Nancy. It was our honor. Ah, It's wonderful to have you uh, participate in this global event. And Alex, before the program, you were sharing about the clinical trials, how important they are, and... We know that there is also a lot of concern by public health officials that 
Antibiotics could be becoming ineffective in our lifetimes. How worried are you about this? Well, worried enough that I started a company to deal with it. So <laughs> this is exactly. you know, it's a, it's a very major concern for me. Um, and if we don't do something to take antibiotics sort of off of the streets, the, the unnecessary use of them. And, and the only way we're going to do that is we're going to, we've got to give doctors uh, a, a better alternative, a safe alternative, a more attractive, a cost-effective alternative. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the issues is, is uh, you know, the, the way that the drug industry here, at least in the United States, works is, is it, you know, the motivation is for expensive therapies that, that you know, each patient, like you know, in a cancer period therapy, could cost tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, that doesn't do anything for where infectious disease is going to hit next. I mean, we have to, this is, this is why we, we did an animal health company, because if animal health, animals' health, uh, livestock consume about 70% of the antibiotics in the world, if you don't give them an alternative then that problem is just going to continue to persist and it's going to continue to breed new superbugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the humans here, we, we've, we've got a lot of talk about uh, making, you know, reducing the use of antibiotics, but the stats are showing that antibiotic use in the last couple of years has gone up 36, last year was went up 36%. This is, this is, uh, it, it is, it is a huge problem. And the only way we're going to solve that is by producing something different. And I, I worry about this every day because I don't want to see my grandchildren uh, having something as minor as a, a little cut or an earache that gets infected and having nothing that could save their lives. Exactly. And thank you for thinking that way, Alex. And despite all of the news about superbugs, Alex, there has been a lot more industry interest in the microbiome. Why is that? And do you see that as a good change? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's, there's, there's fundamentally, you know, there, there has been this, this, this talk about uh, microbiome is really hot and but there's not there hasn't been as much interest in uh, anti-infectives. Well, I think that the the two are actually just two facets of the same thing here. I mean, the real way of dealing with infection is if we're going to deal with it properly, we also have to deal with the microbiome. I mean, you just have to be able to uh, obtain create the, the right balance. And nature has already figured mm-hmm. out how to do that for us, and that's why we went to the plants. I mean, plants have been living and coexisting with these both pathogens and beneficial bacteria for what, 400 million years? Uh, you know, us animals are, are kind of relatively, relative latecomers in this. But that process the plants have been using has remained effective for, for that amount of time, whereas antibiotics has has essentially, you know, run its course in, in what, 50 years, 50, 60 years. So I think that we're very close to something that can start replacing antibiotics. There's, there's a, other, a couple other great technologies out there that are being developed, and I'm, I'm very enthused about the fact that I think we can, we can attack the, the infection world on both sides of the mucosal 
barrier. And I think there's a lot of new blood-borne or, you know, injectable uh, anti-infectives that are not antibiotic that won't cause resistance. And we're going to try to do it from the other side. We're going to do it from the outside. We, 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 we don't work in the bloodstream. Um, okay. I, I think that the, the key here is that we're, we're going to find business models that make sense now for anti-infectives. Um, and, and, and that, that really is, is going to become very apparent as, as the UN suggests that in the next 50 years, or actually by 2050, we're going to see a tenfold increase in, in deaths from antibiotic resistant disease. Uh, that, that's, that's more deaths than cancer. Wow, amazing. And Alex, um, where can individuals learn more about your work or contact you? Well, you can look at our website. Uh, we're, we're somewhat still in, being a startup company, we're still somewhat in the stealth mode, but you can find some information and contact us on uh, www.quellthera.com. Wonderful. And Alex, before we close the program, do you have any closing comments for our global listeners today? Well, keep chin up. Don't, don't worry about all this news that you see. We're, 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 we're on our way, and there are some other really good solutions on the way. I don't think that we're headed for a, a post-antibiotic Armageddon. <laughs> and Nancy, I really appreciate the work that the CDF Foundation has done. Uh, you have really provided me a, a great deal of enlightenment with people that I've met in some of your programs, and uh, you know, keep going. Oh, well, thank you so much, Alex. We appreciate all the work that you're doing too, and what Quilthera is um, offering for the uh, for the patients uh, out there. And we thank you, Alex, again for joining us today on CDF Spores and More and are grateful for your dedication in the CDF community and for putting patients first. And, and I'm going to give our little um, announcements here. And at this time, the members of the CDF Foundation wish to acknowledge all of the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health, the organizations and professionals researching and developing new products, such as Quilfera, addressing C. difficile infection prevention treatments and protecting the gut microbiome, and addressing environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infections and recurrent C. diff infection clinical trials in progress, please visit our website at cdifffoundation.org. Click on the tab, Clinical Trials in Progress. Please help them to help you to help others. We also thank Synthetic Biologics for being the diamond sponsor of the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place November 8th and 9th in Philadelphia. And to learn more about the conference and keynote speakers and Health Expo exhibitors and sponsors, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website. We also would like to remind everyone, come out and join us on May 19th at Morris Votee Park in Teaneck, New Jersey, Sims Park in Newport Ritchie, Victoria Park in Leicester, England with Dr. Morphy Clokey, and our thanks to all of our sponsors for the second annual Global C. diff Awareness Walk, Cutis Pharma, Platinum Sponsor, Xenix Disinfecting, Gold Sponsor, and Quilfera, Silver Sponsor, partnering with the C. diff Foundation to promote C. diff awareness, and to educate and advocate for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, in a healthcare setting at at the home worldwide. We look forward to meeting you on May 19th. cdifffoundation.org 
is where you'll find all of the information you need uh, for all the events that we're, we're talking about today. We send our get well wishes to all of our patients being treated and recovering from a C. Diffic- C. difficile infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We'll be right back. 